0: Welcome to the School of Wellbeing podcast. I am your host, Meg Durham, wellbeing speaker, educator, and coach. Together, we're going to explore lessons to help us live well. Let the learning begin. Welcome back to the School of Wellbeing podcast. I am so excited that you are here today. Today is a solo episode. Solo episodes are a wonderful opportunity to dive deep into the skills and strategies of well-being. How do we bridge the gap between what we know and what we do? In this solo episode, we're going to be talking about tough times. How do we navigate tough times? The messy middle when we don't know how the story will end, when we're unsure of what's going to happen next, when we're feeling unstable and uncertain, And today I'm sharing with you the messy middle that our family is currently going through. John received a redundancy last year and that really put us into this messy middle of what comes next as is in between jobs. We've had to really work through things as a couple. And I thought it would be helpful to share with you the four things that I have noticed have worked really well for me that have kept me upright and buoyant as we're in this transition period. And I'm so grateful for John for giving me the permission to share our story. And the reason why I share and I share what's working is to help you. It is all about service, helping you to keep putting one foot in front of the other. My greatest hope is that what I share inspires other people to think, feel and act in more inspired and courageous ways. So let's dive into it. How do we manage when tough times strike? Okay, big hearted listener, how do we do this? How do we manage tough times when we are moving from point A and point B is not available anymore? We need to find point C, D, E or maybe FG. Who knows what life is going to throw at us? All I know is that life continues to throw us curveballs. The human experience is filled with uncertainty unpredictability. And the more we can learn to be with reality as it is, the more likely we are to experience more moments of joy, connection, and hope for the future that we are creating, regardless of how we got there or where we're going, being okay in the messy middle. And it's a skill because we don't like things to be messy. We like things to be tidy to have a beautiful start, middle, and end. And that's not how life works. The older I get, the more I realise that life is messy, that challenges continue to come, and the challenges get bigger and bigger and bigger. John and I have been together for 10 years, and John is my absolute love of my life, my husband, my best friend, and life partner. And we have been through some tough times. I refer to them as chapters, different chapters in our life. And we're currently in a tough time, in a bit of a messy middle. In August last year, John received a redundancy. And so as a result, he's in between jobs. And this in between is messy, is uncomfortable. It brings up a lot of anxiety and stress and pressure For both John and myself to picture what the future is going to look like, how do we need to rejig our future considering finances, where we live, what happens next? And as we've both been going through this situation and he has kindly given me permission to share this story because he knows the power of sharing stories. Because listener, I'm guessing that you have some mess happening in your life. Or if it's not happening right now, it's coming because this is the human experience. This is what I would love to share with you. Four practical strategies that I have been using to keep myself afloat during this messy time, to be able to be with the discomfort, the uncertainty and have hope for the future. And to look forward to the future and the vision that we're creating as a family. So number one is to check in with my energy levels. How is my energy? How is my capacity to manage day by day by day? So I notice how I'm sleeping, how often I am moving, what I am eating and drinking Am I allowing time for rest and respite from the challenges of everyday life and connection? So this is the battery, and many of you would have heard me talk about the battery before, and the battery is key. It is hard to navigate tough times when our battery is flat. If you're in a tough time, it's a great opportunity to really focus on the battery. How we're sleeping, how we're moving, what we're eating. Are we allowing time for rest and connection? If you'd like to know more about sleep, I encourage you to listen to episode 22, where we do a deep dive into the impact sleep can have on our mental health. But today I'd like to talk to you particularly around movement and how important movement is. Movement is a wonderful way to release the pressure to move our emotions, emotion, move emotions. It's so important to get out in nature and be in a different space. And it's not about what we do, it's more about just doing it, getting outside and moving our bodies. And when it comes to nourishment, it's important to also think about how we're hydrating ourselves. Are we having enough water? So the average human requires 500 mils of water for every 15 kilos of body weight. So I'll give you some time to think about how much water you need. So for every 15 kilos, we need 500 mils of water. Are you drinking enough water? Because often we struggle to make decisions because we are dehydrated we literally don't have enough water in our system to do what we need to do. And the brain requires a lot of water to carry out all the processes that it needs for us to be upright and functioning. So thinking about your hydration level. So that's including how often are you having coffee? Also thinking about alcohol. Alcohol can have an impact on the quality of our sleep. It may help us get to sleep, but it doesn't allow us to go into that deep restorative sleep and with alcohol if we're not getting the best sleep we're less likely to get up then and then exercise and so there can be quite a ripple effect if we're already feeling anxious and then we have alcohol just to take the edge off the edge comes back bigger and better the next morning and it can become a vicious cycle so just thinking about your hydration the next element is rest And I know for a lot of people, the idea of rest is impossible. It feels like a complete luxury. There is so much to do. How on earth can I rest? And I can tell you, I was like that too. I used to avoid rest because I just didn't have time for rest. I didn't have time from respite. There is so much to do. And so I have learned the hard way, like pretty much all of my lessons, that rest is vital, particularly when we're going through tough times. When our brain is scrambling to work out the next move, rest is respite for our brain. It gives us comfort that whatever's happening, we can have this space just to have respite. And a way that I like to think of it is if life is feeling really hard, so you're facing the fire of life, Sometimes we need to turn away from the fire and regain ourselves so we can come back and face it. So that's where respite and rest is so important. And then that final element in the battery is thinking about connection. And I'll come back to that when I look at my third skill and we'll get into detail there. So number one, when life feels hard, charge your battery. Get back to basics. Get to bed, move your body, nourish and hydrate, allow rest and connect with people that love you. Once we've got energy, we have the opportunity to think clearer. It is hard to think clearly when our battery is flat. So step number two is starting to notice your thinking. And this is a practice that I come to time and time again. The quality of our thoughts determines the quality of our actions and where we're going. And so when I'm stressed, under pressure and unsure about the future, I start to really fall into that trap of catastrophizing. Do we need to move house? Do we need to change schools? What are we going to do to the future? Do I need to change my work? Do you see what can happen? This cascade of thoughts. And yes, they're questions that need attention but they may not need attention in that moment. And as humans, we all have a negativity bias. And a bias is, think of it like a brain shortcut, a way that your brain conserves energy. If your brain had to really think through all the information that was coming in all the time, we would not get anything done. And so we have these biases. We have at least 188 biases that we know of. And one of them is this negativity bias. And so the negativity bias brings our attention to the fear, what's wrong, what's not working, what we haven't done yet, and away from what is working, what's going well, what is possible. So when we're feeling overwhelmed and anxious, it's like we've got the blinkers on and we focus on what's wrong. We go into this black and white thinking, this all or nothing thinking, and it can be really unhelpful. And that's when these automatic negative thoughts pop up, what we call ants. Ants are catastrophizing, all or nothing thinking, mind reading, personalizing, minimalizing, All of these patterns of thinking that we go to when we're feeling overwhelmed. And I notice for myself when I'm there and how that really starts to bring me down. And it may take me half a day or a full day to realize that I've gone down that path, that the automatic negative thoughts are really coming in quicker and quicker. And the way that I start to notice is my head starts to get really busy and I start to get quiet. I stop talking and I just get really busy in my head and the people around me start to feel like friction. It's like the people in my house, friends, family, it's all too much. I can't cope with the outside world because I'm desperately trying to cope with this inner world. Or when I look around the house and it feels like the house is screaming at me, there is so much to do. I just feel like I'm trapped. This negative thinking It just feels overwhelming. So I start to really notice my thoughts. And when I'm in that space, I know that I need to remove myself. That's what works for me. So start to notice what works for you. If the house is starting to scream at me, if everything's starting to build up on me, I go. I go for a walk. I go for a drive. I go somewhere to recalibrate so I can re-enter. And during lockdown, when it wasn't possible to go too far, have a bath, have a shower, go outside and take some deep breaths, because we need to put the brakes on these negative thoughts. And if you struggle to do that, that's where therapy is really helpful to reach out to people that can help you put the brakes on these negative thoughts. Because when we're having these cascade of thoughts, it can be really hard then to make good decisions. So what's the flip side of ants? It's pets. So performance enhancing thoughts. When we lean in towards our pets, we're more likely to move forward with much more courageous action, more aligned to our values. So in our current situation, one of my favorite pets is this is not how our story ends. This is just a chapter. It is a moment in time. We will look back and be grateful for the lessons that we learned during this period. That life is fluid. Things change. What you're going through at the moment, you may not have invited it, you may not have wanted it, or you may have chosen the change and you're working through the messy middle as well. It happens to all of us. And remembering that, it is a drop in the ocean when it comes to our lifetime. It may be six months, 12 months, a few years, but in the scheme of things, it's okay. The pets help us get perspective. They enhance our performance and move us towards courageous action. So one thing that I love to do is think about my values. So my core values are integrity and growth. So the way that I understand integrity is doing what I say I do and walking my talk. So I can't think of a better situation to lean into my integrity than when I'm in the messy middle. It's easy to walk my talk when life is up and about and things are feeling good, but it takes effort and persistence and consistency and determination and all of those yucky words when life is feeling messy. This is an opportunity for me to lean into my value of integrity and the value of growth. This is growth. This is growth in action, learning through life, learning through the mess being able to adapt to be flexible to understand and to work through life so if you're going through challenges start to notice when your ants come out to play and when your pets come out start writing down the list of what are your performance enhancing thoughts what helps you get through tough times is it this too shall pass or it could be everything will be okay in the end. Have faith in the process. Whatever it is to help you take that next step. I also love the idea of, you know, feel the feelings, feel uncomfortable, feel fear, feel uncertain, and do it anyway. Take the next step. So that's the second strategy that has really helped me in this messy period to notice my thoughts understand where they're coming from, and then redirect them to something that's going to enhance my life and enhance the quality of my choices. The third strategy that I lean into during hard times is support, allowing myself to be supported by others. When we have big hearts and we're used to caring for others, it can be a challenge to allow others to care for us, to be supported by others. And so I have learned over the years that it's okay to be supported. It's okay to allow the people closest to you to know how you're feeling, the struggles that you're going through, that we are not alone. Everybody has struggles. And when we have struggles with support, we can move through them. It is very hard to move through tough times if we don't feel support. Think of them like a crutch. If you had sprained your ankle and you really need crutches, that's what support is about. They are providing you support to keep upright until you can do it yourself. And that's why it's so important that we think about our support system. So I invite you, listener, think about your support system. Who is on your team? Who is there to hear your stories of strength and struggle? And if you're struggling to think about who's on your support team, who could you reach out to? Could it be a family member, a friend, or reaching out to your GP, getting a referral to a psychologist, reaching out to a coach, finding what's going to work for you and creating your support network. It is so important. So for me, my support network firstly starts with John. We support each other. We have got to a point where we can communicate when things aren't going well for us and the other one will step up. So if I just say, look, I'm done, I'm out, he'll step up with the dinner, the bath, the bed, all of those things. And a few weeks ago, I was really getting to my edge. And when I'm getting to my edge, I'm racing, the house is screaming at me, everything's happening. And John must have noticed Because later that day, he said, how would you feel if I took the boys for a drive and we spent a night away and you can do whatever you like? How do I feel? My whole body just said, yes, I just need some time away from the fire so I can recalibrate, so I can step back in. And because we've got this support system in place and we know how each other each other is feeling and functioning because we're communicating about it, we can support. And that was the best gift John could have given me, just to have some time and space to think. And then I was able to tap into my support network of my family. I am so fortunate. I can talk to my parents about challenges that we're facing. And the beautiful thing when I talk to my parents is they are there with loving support and I know that they know that I am capable of figuring out the next move, that everything will work out, that there's a faith in my ability to keep moving forward so they are there to support but not to fix, not to provide solutions. And I really appreciate that. It's so lovely to have spaces where you can be a bit messy and not quite sure what's next and there's this faith that you will work it out. It'll come in time. And so I'm so grateful for my parents' support. And I know that that is not for everybody. I know that a lot of people struggle when they're going through hard times to connect with their parents because that can tap into other anxieties. And so it takes courage and skill to start to notice who you can share with and who you need to just give some time until things are processed a little bit more to reach out to again. So my support network starts with John, my family, and then I have an incredible group of friends. I am so fortunate to have incredible friendships that I've invested a lot of time and energy in over the years, and I feel safe enough and secure enough to share, to share life, the ups and the downs. And while we're going through this messy middle, there is also lots of magic. There's lots of fun things. So You can have a bit of an update and then laugh about life, move on, talk about different things. We don't always need to be facing that fire. We need respite. And that's where friends can play such an important role to just have a laugh, to reminisce, to tell silly stories. And this creates this environment that helps us be buoyant in the face of tough tough times. And another key member of my support network is David. David. David is my psychologist. You may remember him from episode 10, where we chatted about the role of psychologists, what psychologists do and what patterns he's noticed over the time. I find it really helpful to have a space where I can talk to somebody away from my family, away from my friends, away from any kind of agendas or anyone feeling nervous or uncomfortable and just Talk. David and I have built up a relationship over the time where he can really challenge me. And I don't particularly like it all the time, but I learn from it. I can start to see there are times when I'm making situations harder for myself and where there's opportunity for growth. And so thinking about your support network, who's in your support network? How can you tap into that support network? And if you're finding that you need a little bit more, I encourage you to really reach out for somebody because that's been my third step that's helped me through these tough times. My fourth and final practice step or strategy during tough times is engage in tasks that are meaningful, that light a spark. So for me, creating the School of Wellbeing podcast has been incredible. It is hard to articulate how meaningful this process has been for me to reach out to incredible guests, to have conversations with incredible guests and have the opportunity to learn from other people that have gone through their own life struggles and turn that into their passion. And so when I'm in a conversation with someone, for the podcast, life stops. I'm in that flow state. So that flow state is where you're at the edge of something that you really love, you're good at, and it's challenge. I never know what someone is going to say in a conversation. So I am completely absorbed in the conversation. I am focused, I am present. And really deeply listening so I can respond or ask a question that makes sense to that conversation. Creating time to engage in meaningful activity is so important. For some people, it is their work. It's their work that provides them respite from life. Or for other people, it's their work that's hard. So outside of work is creating respite. That could be your exercise or re-engaging with a game of cricket or a game of footy, or playing basketball, re-engaging with activities that you used to enjoy when you're younger. This is a vital part of being buoyant during hard times, creating pockets during our week or our day where we're not on, where we can give ourselves permission to not worry about the future, put down the demands of life, and engage in meaningful activities this is so powerful it's amazing what a small tweak can do to the way that we're feeling functioning and relating in summary thinking about your battery how is your energy levels and your energy levels will then feed into number two how you're thinking how clear is your quality of thought Are you going down the cycle of automatic negative thoughts in that downward spiral or that upward spiral of performance-enhancing thoughts? And then thirdly, who's supporting you and how are you tapping into your support network? And number four, where's that spark? What can you do to increase the joy in your life? As things are burning, as you're facing the fire, how can you turn away to recharge, to recalibrate so you can turn and face it again? The reason why I share this wellbeing education and what I've learned along my journey is because this is how we learn. I believe that when we hear other people's stories that we have the ability to piece together our own stories, And to maybe articulate something to ourselves that we couldn't quite grasp before. And so that's why I show up and share. When I show up and share, I have processed this already with David, my psychologist. I've got permission from John and I've worked it through. This is not the first time I'm talking about these topics. So if you're going through some hard times, make sure that you have people to talk to. We are not designed to thrive alone. We are designed to thrive together. I hope the information that I have shared with you today inspires you to take courageous action on your own behalf, to think, feel and act in new ways. As we know, well-being is a verb and it takes daily practice and commitment. Before we go, I invite you to think about the two following questions. Number one. From this conversation, what do you want to remember? What is your pearl? And number two, in the next 24 hours, what action can you take to support your well-being? To keep in the loop with everything that I'm working on, everything that I'm offering, and what I'm loving in the world, please subscribe to the Thought of the Week newsletter To support the show, please rate and review on iTunes and Spotify and share with your family, friends and colleagues to remind everybody that nobody's life is mess free. Nobody's life is perfect. We are humans having a human experience. Life happens and we can learn skills to navigate the ups and downs of life. All the links on this episode will be in the show notes.